Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Outside the Box. And guys, I got a familiar face with us today in Zach Kramer from Trinity Strength. What's going on, hey, man? Hey. Pretty good, man. How are you doing? You know, I'm used to doing this. Uh, we, we, we use StreamYard for our virtual interviews, and I'm with you in person today. And nice. uh, you're, a, you're a family friend. I've known you forever. It's just so good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Good to be back over here. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming. To, we're in the Knoxville office right now, uh, and we're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about breathing today. Let's do it. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to change the conversation, hopefully, with this conversation. It's going to be about breath work, what that means. And you texted me last night saying, hey, Ben, I'd really like to talk about proactive breathing versus reactive breathing. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of, let, let's start there. Okay. What is, what exactly is the difference between the two and start with telling us what proactive is actually. Yeah. So, um, I guess the, the, in the breathing world, when I'm hearing from people, my first kind of reaction I hear when I say like, Oh yeah, I do breath coaching, things like that is people assume I'm just taking them through some sort of like in the moment meditation mm-hmm. type, something to change their mood, change their uh, change their state, I guess. But really a lot of what I do is more long-term. So that's what I mean by proactive is more of a long-term approach because how we breathe actually has long-term consequences, um, for basically being able to deal with stress in the future versus like just in the moment. Um, and then also just how you breathe physically makes a big difference long-term. So it's more of like a, you know, cause you're right. Like when I hear the term breath work, I look at it or I have in the past, like, okay, like do a workout. Mm-hmm. When you're saying breath work is more of a, uh, it's kind of like a lifestyle. It's, it's, right. it's all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's how you, how you breathe all the time affects, yeah, affects you all the time, I guess. Cause, yeah. um, if you think about it, we breathe 24,000 times a day. So that's a lot of repetitions of say an exercise to do right or wrong. And that has long-term consequences. You know, one thing, um, one thing I've, I've always struggled with has been anxiety and Mm -hmm. I've done, you know, specific like breathing exercises, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as a way to like calm down. And what you're saying is, yes, that's fine. You know, you can do like there's Mm -hmm. box breathing, there's uh, breath holds, things like that. Tell us more about this, this long-term strategy. Is it like a nose breathing versus mouth breathing or is mm-hmm. it a, um, a we've thrown around this term of uh, trying to build up our tolerance to nitric oxide mm-hmm. is it nitric? carbon dioxide <laughs> see there we, we can go. talk about nitric oxide too though <laughs> i think we should is it okay. carbon dioxide yeah goodness thank yeah, god yeah. you're here it's okay i would have, i would have <laughs> sent everybody off to, in, a, in a rabbit hole <laughs> well I, we can talk later about how to generate more nitric oxide which is a great short-term strategy so too. I'm, in the, I'm in the i'm in the same you've got the, you've got two good chemicals okay good, good. <laughs> we're not that far off guys um okay so talk to a, a little bit about that yeah. like uh what is this long-term uh strategy like okay. what, what do you mean by that yeah so you're exactly right if you have anxiety or stress things like box breathing um keep playing with the shapes. I like triangle breathing a lot for that, uh, which we can go into maybe another time what all those different strategies are, but those are, yeah, in the moment, like I'm going to breathe, I'm going to count like this, and that's going to help me calm down in the moment when something's going on. Um, and those work, but yeah, long term, like you said, we want to increase our tolerance to carbon dioxide. If we're focused on reducing our stress or anxiety from day to day, um, we can only do so much with those in the moment things. And the way I like to think about it is like we have a threshold for stress. So if we just, uh, without going too far down the weeds, if we just equate carbon dioxide with stress, the more tolerant we are to carbon dioxide, the more tolerant we are to stress. Ooh, I love that. 
I love yeah. that. Okay. So um, even if we can use like one of these tools in the moment to calm ourselves down, we still are keeping the same threshold. If we don't change that threshold to stress, change that threshold to carbon dioxide over the long term. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and maybe just go into a little bit of that, how that works. It's really simple. It's really similar to exercise. So just like an exercise, if you're going to do squats or whatever, <clears throat> say you choose, you know, this weight this week and you do it 15 times. Then next week you increase your weight a little bit. You do it 15 times and you're trying to get stronger over time. Well, carbon dioxide tolerance works in a similar way. So if we do breath holds or something like that, where um, just a quick, quick uh, freshman year of high school science refresher, right? We breathe in oxygen, breathe out carbon dioxide to make it simple. So if we um, hold in, if we don't breathe, we're holding in the carbon dioxide. We're not breathing it out. Yeah. That increases the amount in our system and we can become tolerant to higher amounts of that over time. Okay? Got it. So if we do like a breath hold, we get used to a higher amount of carbon dioxide and we can just do longer and longer breath holds each week and we get more and more tolerant to it. That's a real simple way. There's lots of other ways to go about it. But Can you tell us, tell us why that's good? Like to why, do that? Like, because uh, I, hmm. I totally get that. And I loved your analogy of like being able to build up that tolerance. The, the easier... The easier it is for me to get stressed means the less carbon dioxide I'm uh, able to, to handle. Yeah. Yep. And what we're trying to do is increase that threshold Correct. to where it takes more for me to get stressed because of my ability to tolerate carbon dioxide. Exactly. Can you kind of, <clears throat> let's go into the weeds a little why? bit. Like, why yeah, is yeah. that? What, like, because I, I've actually, um, yeah. sorry to go off on a tangent here, guys, but I, I uh, you're gonna love this. Let's go. I I had the hiccups the other night, and <laughs> and uh, for hiccups I always think I let's hold my breath. Let's try yeah. to get these things out. And so I hold my breath. And I because you and I've had a couple of these conversations, and and uh, so I start to think of myself as I'm holding my breath. Oh, this is this is what carbon dioxide feels like. You know, so you start to feel a little stressed. You start yeah. to feel oh, I feel like I need to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, so walk us through that. Walk okay. us through a little bit. So yeah, the way the way I always like to start it with people if I they want to hear about carbon dioxide, like why. Um, or why we do this. One, you're exactly right. Carbon dioxide is what uh, tells us we need to breathe. So okay. most people think, like, if I hold my breath for as long as I can, when I feel like I need to breathe, it's because I don't have enough air and I need more oxygen. So you mm-hmm. hear people say, like, I need more air, I need more air. Well, actually, you have plenty of oxygen. Um, what you actually need to do is get rid of the carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm. So your brain recognizes the rising amounts of CO2. And when it feels that, that's when it triggers you to breathe. Yep. Okay. So that's one kind of the hold in the back of your mind, one point. The second one is a really cool study they did where they took people with, I may have already told you this, I can't remember, but basically they took people with damaged brains. They had damaged amygdalas in their brain, which is their fear center, right? So they took these people and they showed them scary movies, took them through haunted houses, took them really high, tried to, they tried to scare these people that couldn't be scared, right? Because they had these, this damaged area of their brain. No heart rate increase, nothing. People were fine. Didn't even, were unfazed by all this. But then they stuck them in a room and they increased the amount of carbon dioxide in the room compared to normal. And these same people had full-blown panic attacks. Interesting. Yes. So what they're basically showing is that um, our body, right, more than anything our brain wants to, wants to do is to keep us alive. That's its primary objective. So way down deep in our brainstem is where we recognize that rising CO2 because it knows, our brain knows, if we are suffocating, we're going to die. And we want to keep breathing at all costs. Mm-hmm. So it feels that rise in carbon dioxide and immediately freaks out, saying, breathe, 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 breathe. 
Um, and you can see this. So like I'll take people through breath holds quite often. Maybe I'll have them do it. You mentioned using the assault bike earlier. I'll make people hold their breath while they ride a stationary bike. And you can, I can sit there as a coach and see the stress increase with their eyes get watery, their pupils dilate. You can see it hit mm -hmm. them. Um, and so you can, you can literally watch them become more tolerant to that real stress in the moment. So, so basically, so, so why is it, because how I'm translating that is, okay, the more carbon, di or carbon dioxide mm -hmm. that we're able to handle, um, the calmer we're going to be mm -hmm. in stressful situations. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, and it ties into like to those practices you mentioned earlier, because if you have like a higher threshold to begin, then you'll feel that stress, but you can enter, you can use one of those practices a little bit more effectively. Um, uh, at least, yeah, yeah. yeah. So is this a method of, um, is the reasoning for this? Cause you know, I, I know this ties back to health mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of the reason people are so unhealthy is, you know, stress, cortisol, things like that. Absolutely. Is that the only thing or is there more to it? Like our body's ability to tolerate carbon dioxide. Does that, uh, for one, I, I know our endurance will probably be better. Absolutely. We'll yep. be calmer. What else? Yeah, there's a whole trickling down effect. And it, and all this stuff gets really, it's all connected and it all gets kind of muddy and uh, mixed up with each other. So, yeah, it's going to help you, right? You, like you said, have less cortisol, just be more relaxed throughout the day. It's going to help you sleep better because um, what's going to happen if you aren't very tolerant to CO2, you're going to be much more likely to mouth breathe. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about if I'm going to, get rid of CO2. I feel stressed. My body's like, get rid of the carbon dioxide. It's a lot easier to get rid of carbon dioxide if I go like this than if I go like this Got and, it. and exhale through my nose. Yep. So you're naturally going to want to mouth breathe and that's going to have lots of other trickling down effects, whether it's breathing into your chest, because when you mouth breathe, you're going to breathe in your chest and maybe you end up with, you know, chronic neck pain, chronic shoulder pain, um, and you're probably going to sleep worse because if you mouth breathe while you're sleeping, you just don't get as deep of sleep, right? You're much more relaxed if you're breathing through your nose than your mouth. So it affects sleep in that way. And there's just a lot of stuff that trickles down from there. That's super fascinating. So the first step to um, being proactive in your breathing is to understand the role carbon dioxide mm -hmm. is playing in your body and understand that what we're trying to do is we're trying to increase our tolerance to carbon dioxide. Is it, can you go too far? Um, I mean, you can stress yourself out pretty much, but you're like, if you're really doing long, long breath holds, like usually what we do is just like in weights, right? You don't, if we go back to that analogy of doing squats with weights, yeah. you don't just throw on as much weight as you think you could possibly handle and just do a max effort every single time. Right. You find that threshold of weight where maybe you can't do the last one and three sets of seven or something that 21st rep is really hard. So you want to do the same thing here where you find just that threshold that you're gradually pushing. You're not just, you know, holding it for as long as you possibly can every single time, like a breath or hold, or you're trying to lengthen the breath holds. And that's what I usually do is talk to each client and figure out ways to add this into their day. So I'm not just doing the same thing for everybody. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that makes so much sense. So really you're looking at it the same way you look at, you know, lifting weights. Mm -hmm. It's not like, okay, you got this down. It's not like I don't go to the gym. It's like, I don't need, like, I got it down. Like, right. you know, it's a, I go here and I Gradual progression. gradually get stronger. I'm not going to be, you know, at my destination from the beginning. Right. And, you know, hopefully there's not really a destination, you know, mm -hmm. you just keep yeah, going. Yeah. yeah. 
And I think the other long-term side of this, like we mentioned, uh, chest breathing and things like that, really tied into that is how you breathe physically too. So that's another long-term strategy we take with people is um, like teach, reteaching people how to use their diaphragm to breathe, how to breathe low, how to use their ribs the right way, maybe increasing some mobility through their abdomen so they can breathe better because mm-hmm. a lot of times people are just stuck here breathing in the chest. And so all these things kind of work together to help them uh, – just live a healthier lifestyle and be less stressed. It's almost as if like learning how to breathe correctly puts, puts your body in, uh, uh, basically sets it the way it was made yeah. to be set. You know, kind of, it helps balance you out. I mean, you hear that language in yoga and things a lot, but there's a lot of truth and actually research to this balancing effect of breathing correctly. Can we talk a little bit about reactionary breathing as yeah, well? Yeah, sure. So we've talked about proactive, and we all know kind of, you know, the idea behind proactive breathing, what we need to do there, long-term strategy. Um, just like we know, um, building muscle is a good long-term strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, give us some, you know, helpful reactionary stuff we can do, like we've yeah. talk, talked about, uh, you know, mindfulness and meditation. Like the, yeah. What are some other things you really like? Well, we were just talking about, being more balanced. And I think that's a good way, good place to start. Cause one of the most researched, uh, like in the moment practices out there is something called coherence breathing. And <clears throat> basically all that means is, um, taking six breaths per minute. So I've done a lot of research on six breaths per minute is this ideal breathing rate for, um, when you say breath is that in or in and out. In so out. one okay. breath is in and out. Okay. So six breaths per minute, they've studied where people's HRV increases, um, and their, uh, heart rate's going to slow down. Just all sorts of like, uh, bodily rhythms seem to, uh, get in line when you're breathing six breaths per minute. So that's just five seconds in five seconds out. That's one of the easiest places to start. If you're feeling stressed or you want to focus or just, just come into the moment, five seconds in five seconds out is a super great breath practice to start with. And that's, uh, both, both through the nose. Yeah. In yep. and out through the nose. Yep. Super interesting. That's a great place to start. Real quick before we wrap this up, um, <laughs> you'll laugh at this, but I, I live on the fourth floor of an apartment okay. complex, and uh, and I take the stairs every time. What are so, what what are some reactionary <laughs> breathing techniques I can go as I'm going up to increase my um, tolerance for carbon dioxide? To do. Yeah. So that that would be a little bit more of a long term strategy because you're thinking long term about building your tolerance. Okay. Versus like. Um, in, in the moment, say you're going up the steps and you got super out of breath. You're like, I feel so winded. How can I recover? Then we talk about like big breaths in and out the mouth and slowing down your breath from there okay. to help you recover your breath. Um, but long term, yeah, you could totally, you could count your steps. So that's one thing I'll do with people is I'll have them go for walks where I have them, uh, take so many steps on the inhale, so many steps on the exhale, and they make that slightly challenging. And over time they get used to that, what we call air hunger. Interesting. I yeah. might do that with the flights. Yeah, so you could go up as Inhale flight. flights, exhale flight. There you go. There you go. You're Guys, I got I got my short-term strategy <laughs> built into my long-term strategy. There you go. That's good. <laughs> Zach, tell everybody where they can find you because I know you're doing some fascinating stuff yeah, yeah. online. What's up? Yeah, so you can find me at trinitystrength.org. Um, feel free to reach out to me there. There's a way to text me and just ask me a question from there. That's wonderful, man. Well, yeah. we're going to get you back on the show. Right, we're going to talk it. more and more about breathing, guys, because it's becoming so clear how big of an impact breathing uh, optimally or breathing correctly. What's it? 
works. Both. Yeah, there you go. Breathing correctly, what that does for your health. So stay tuned for that. We're going to see a lot more of Zach. Uh, Guys, uh, this has been Outside the Box. I'm your host, Ben Rogers. We appreciate y'all hanging out with us. Zach, thanks, man. Thank you. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.